0: In Spanish, it's an hernia, hernia, hernia. So I, I got that in the back, and and that was hurting a lot. And you know, I was I was managing with painkillers, but but you know, I was I was launching a space. I was still you know, launching a new business. I had the whole summer was sold out, so it was going to be a busy summer. And when the doctor told me that, I was like, you know, I I can't, I can't go into surgery. So.
1: Welcome back to the authentic entrepreneur with your host Oscar War. We're live. Today I'm speaking with Paula Buble. She is curating living communities in beautiful homes designed to enhance a better work-life harmony. And as we're about to hear, she's just changed the name of her company, so I can't tell you what it is. She's going to have to introduce that. And I'm super excited because basically, she's bringing together communities and people to live better work-life balances, but it's mostly for entrepreneurs. And I can't give too many details, but yeah, it's been a company that I've been following for a while. So thanks so much for coming on, Paula. How are you doing?
0: Thanks, Oscar. Hello. Hello, everyone. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks so much for being here. We've been trying to get this uh, podcast recording for a few months, so I'm super excited for it. Also, just because I love your project a lot.
0: Thank you. And
1: so, yeah, could you, could you give an introduction about what are you currently working on and reveal the magic?
0: Yes. So um, you have introduced me quite well, I have to say. Um, I am working in a project called Canberra. We are about to release by the end of this month of January our platform, and we are an Airbnb for shared living. So this is a platform where anyone is gonna be able to find a room in a shared house uh, where where they will be sharing an experience with other digital nomads, remote workers, students, people working in the creative scene, and in any exotic location. So that could be from Madeira in Portugal to somewhere in Canary Islands, all the way to South Africa, Costa Rica, Santa Teresa. And yeah, we are trying to find all these hot hubs and cool locations where remote workers are gathering at the moment. Ever since COVID, you know, that uh, the whole remote work movement has expanded and it's blooming at the moment. As soon as uh, borders start opening again, which we are already seeing that's happening, um, we want to enable a a platform for everyone to find their home away from home. Wow.
1: That's amazing, especially for people who are remote working all the time. That's why I'm super excited because I've been remote working Basically, yeah, before the pandemic, even mm-hmm. since I graduated in 20, 2019. So I love love it a lot. And before it was called Sunshine to Embassy, and only recently you you changed it. So can you tell me about that change? How come what happened there?
0: Yes. So Sunshine Embassy was my last company. I opened Sunshine Embassy in two thousand at the end of 2019. Right before COVID started. And the idea was to create a space for entrepreneurs and founders in the island of Mallorca. So I started that November 2019. And as an MVP, a little thing in, in my family's home. And it soon became very hot among startup founders in the European scene. Then of course, COVID arrived. So I had to shut that down and kind of pivot a little bit. And Surprisingly, it went really, really well. As soon as um, the COVID restrictions were released in the summer of 2020, all the customers that had been passing through Sunshine Embassy were really, really excited to come back. And I decided to rent a really big villa in the island and host everyone. For that, that lasted around five months in a villa in in a village called Valdemosa, and this location was. Just a space where anyone could come live, whether if it was for one week or for three months or maybe even one year. Um, we had a swimming pool. We were in the middle of nature. All the food that we were eating was coming from a local farmers. We had a beautiful co-working space. And then we also had a community, online community that enabled for our members to exchange anything within one another. So what we saw after a few months of our members living under the same roof were collaborations such as co-investments, some members would leave, quit their jobs and uh, join a startup that they had met at the house. Uh, wow. Some of them even fell in love. So <laughs> the relationships um, that came out of that experience were really, really intense and had such a big impact that after running that villa I decided to open a bigger space in the city center so we opened a building right in Palma downtown it was a building with capacity for 30 people and we were running this until the beginning of 2021 which is when I decided to put a stop to the project take a step back rethink how I can make this successful business even more successful by making it sustainable for me uh, for my team and how can I make it highly scalable so that my my members and my customers can enjoy the Sunshine Embassy experience not only in Mallorca in one house but anywhere they go because something I realized very soon was hey They would come to me and say, hey, Paula, I love being here, but, you know, I love the nomad lifestyle and I don't want to be in Mallorca for the rest of my life. So ciao, I'm going to Cape Town and then ciao, I'm moving to, you know, whatever (laughs) Santa Teresa in Costa Rica or you name it. And yeah. And if I wanted to follow up with that, I would have had to, you know, take really big investments in each one of those uh, cities and just open houses everywhere. And it was just yeah, somehow the business model there wasn't fully working and instead of burning myself out trying to run both things at the same time i decided to to take a pause and yeah it was good
1: yeah that does sound like a lot of work so awesome you had your mvp in palma which was fantastic you even grew it a, a couple of times and then uh, yeah the scalability if you're if you want to grow it i totally see the the issue there of like yeah you're either going to become a property manager then and just having houses around the world but while also being a community manager and that's that becomes very intense I I imagine so yeah is that how this shift came came about
0: yes like you have to keep in mind so for those who are listening maybe they are not so familiar with the concept of co-living some of them maybe are super into um, into that Um, within co-living spaces there are of course okay let's define co-living space co-living space yeah. is a house a space that you will be sharing with other people usually they are like-minded so either you are all working in the same industry or you have something in common that makes sharing a house not just splitting the bills but much more than that there are activities that are shared mm-hmm. usually people are co-working from the same space so that's what makes a co-living um it's a house that has services on top of it. And that also brings a lot of flexibility to those who want to live in those spaces. In our case, we didn't have any minimum stay. Some other co-living spaces may have one month minimum stay, three months minimum stay. Um, so it really depends on the on the brand or the company rules. But that, that was in our case. So when I opened Sunshine Embassy, the reason why I wanted to do this was because I I consider myself a community builder. I love connecting people. And I, I just I actually like being a host too. I like having people around me. I was living in those spaces at the same time that I was running them. Um, that's how much I love <laughs> being in community. The thing is having a mission doesn't necessarily mean that you have the right business model to accomplish that mission. So in order to you know pursue a vision or a mission, you have so many ways to go about that and you just gotta pivot and figure out the way that works best for your customers best for the environment best for yourself and that i guess take takes time to figure out and so in the case of co-living the bus- the usual business model will be you as a company rent or buy a big building you transform that into the space that your customers are gonna love and then you sublet beds or rooms. Yeah. So it's quite the basic business model. It's not like you are, mm. you know, um, inventing anything crazy.
1: Taking Airbnb and making it even better, I guess. I
0: yeah. mean, it's it's just. A, I think it's a very simple business model. You are just uh, re-renting, subletting uh, a space that someone has subletted to you. Uh, that's usually the case. That was our case. The thing with this model is that. It's highly capital, it's very capital intensive. Um, mm. You will be paying rents monthly regardless of if there's a pandemic going on or not, you know, regardless of if it's high season or not. Um, so we definitely had to explore different models there. We started with a revenue share model, which meant for our l- landlords, they would get a base payment. And then they would get more money on top, depending on the amount of bookings that we had. So if the business for us was going really, really well, our landlords were really, really happy because they were getting a big chunk of that. Um, if it wasn't going so well, it was you know, fair for both parties. So that made it more easy. Mm-hmm. But then it just felt like it wasn't flexible or I think flexible would be the word, flexible enough um it felt a little Mm. bit of an old business model if i want to open another sunshine embassy space i need to go to this other whatever country or city find a building sign a lease for 20 years you know it almost felt like putting um how do you say coffins
1: shackles yeah yeah. or uh, handcuffs
0: handcuffs yeah handcuffs to myself and i i never wanted to start entrepreneurship for that you know it so i I think taking that pause that I was talking about before and being able to re-figure out how, if I still want to be creating community, I still want to be putting under the same roof. So I still want to have the same impact. I don't even want my members, my, my customers to notice what's the business model behind. Totally. It. I want to also have the best pricing for them. Uh, many people are complaining that co is really expensive. And I agree, co-living is really expensive. The reason why is because co-living spaces offer services that are as high-end as hotels, but they don't charge hotel prices. They charge rental prices, so residential prices, Mm. while they also have to face the adversities of seasonality. There's a high season and a low season for some cities and locations, uh, especially those who are, you know, related to beach water sports and you know such high weather yeah whatever um so of course you have to increase your prices uh, during the high season you make a lot of money in order to then cover the expenses mm. that you will have during the lowest season yeah
1: yeah it's true yeah there's so many things to think about it sounds in this business model especially and before you talk about how you solved this problem or if what you're working on i'd love to hear what was the mission or the the feeling that you of why you wanted to start this because you said that in the beginning it wasn't to build more houses or mm-hmm. more communities but you really like the community management yeah what was the what was the spark that you
0: felt in the beginning it was to, to connect people in a deeper way i mm. i had an experience living and working in silicon valley at a co-living cool space called startup embassy and actually that's where i got all this inspiration to to start this journey and i i was working there as a house manager Previous to that, I had been doing, have you ever heard of Woofing and Workaway? These are volunteering platforms for backpackers that will want to work for a few hours per day, usually four hours in exchange for accommodation and food. I did this when I was 20 years old, backpacking New Zealand and in these farms where I stayed, I I lived with other like 20 people. So I had a few experiences in my life where I shared house with really, really big communities. And certain things happened that changed the course of my life. I, you know, in California, I fell in love with with a boyfriend that I had during a time. And then I also in that house, met, you know, someone who then became my boss, and I worked with him for two years. And he introduced me to the world of startups and software. And in in New Zealand, someone also offered me a job in one of these houses. And I know, I'm, you know, very confident to say that if I wouldn't have lived with these people for more than a month, that opportunity would have never come to Mm -hmm. life. Because we, as humans, you know, we always have this protection shield kind of around us. And when we are meeting someone for the first time or even, you know, for the second time, especially networking events or. Yeah. And it just, you know, we don't give out all our real self. In the first conversation, it's it takes time to get to know someone. If you put people to live under the same roof, in one week, they know each other. But believe, believe me, because they are sharing a bathroom. They are sharing, you know, they are cooking together. They are co-working. If someone's having a, a bad day, people can feel it. People can see it. People can ask. And it's just, it's a great way to, to deepen relationships, To to help people understand how to be more empathetic how to respect other cultures you know i can understand that at the beginning it can be a little bit of a shock to get in one of these houses and suddenly you have so many cultures living in in the same place you have you know a few asian people a few european and then you know you have all these people that have had completely different life experiences and they are sharing a fridge <laughs> you know. Some of them yeah. are vegans. Some of them have to eat meat, and and all these things make people, I think, softer. Make people's hearts softer. Mm. You know. Yeah, I think you you can yeah. become a much better person after going through that.
1: People often as underestimate the power of like their network or getting to know new people because yeah, it's from people that we often get new ideas and opportunities and having it living with people who are part of these opportunities is can be super powerful so that's really cool
0: yeah I, and I not, love, not just meeting so and adding people to your network but truly creating engaging connections that are true and deep and that also show you that you can be yourself and people are still gonna love you a lot actually you know when when at least I I can see myself a few years ago going to my first startup congress and you know I (laughs) picked up perfectly my clothes and I was like super straight and nervous and and I I didn't show at all who I actually was and then I saw myself living in Silicon Valley in this house and like going to the kitchen in my pajamas and having coffee in my pajamas with an investor and and that's like okay, you know, like, if you love me now, then wow. you're always gonna love me because this is you know it can't get more real than that. So I think that's the mission.
1: <laughs> that's amazing. Going to an investor meeting in your pajamas. That's <laughs> that is so funny. So it started from yeah, just getting to know people. There's oftentimes like people. Well, a few people I talked with, they want to get their business off the ground or they have ideas but they don't know where to start and. Yeah, I think just talking with people or putting yourself in a situation where you need to speak with people really helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's fantastic. And so what are you, how has your business changed now? What's what's the new model? Yeah. What is Canberra?
0: So after spending a while thinking about how to scale Sunshine Embassy in order to provide our community with beautiful spaces, That they could, they would be able to find anywhere they want to travel, at the same time spaces that are full of life, which means not just the beautiful house Mm. that the company is paying for and that where you can stay in, but that it's a house that ensures that you're going to find people that you fit with um, during your stay. So not an empty house, and also not a house with people that you are not going to match. Yeah, and obviously inspired by what airbnb has been doing all these years which has been extremely smart they almost didn't suffer during the COVID pandemic and the reason is they have no assets they don't own these apartments they don't sign any leases with these apartments they have a platform that allows for anyone to become uh you know for any homeowner to put their homes at the disposal of travelers and that's incredible so based on this first idea of airbnb i decided to just test what happens if we open a platform and allow any of our members to become hosts and to propose to their own communities hey i want to open a house in cape town south africa who's in and who wants to join me and this has been, you know, in the cooking for a few months. We've been talking to a lot of people in the industry and it makes a lot of sense. Cool living is now not anymore a type of business or business model that is only exclusive to real estate companies in the same way that... Um, Hosting as in a hotel is not exclusive anymore to the tourism industry or the big hotel conglomerates. Anyone can have their tiny hotel by opening an Airbnb. Anyone can have now their own co-living space by opening a Canberra. The way our platform works is almost as if it were crowdfunding. So instead of us choosing where we are going to open a location and which dates, we allow the community to tell us before we make any decisions hey who would be interested in joining cape town and so during a little bit less than a month we campaign for locations and we ask people what's your interest would you be you know would you be able to join for how long would you like to join um these are the dates that we are thinking about opening the space this is the host we put a lot of um effort and attention into who is the person that's gonna be running this space, who's who's the person that's hosting you, what are his or her skills? um, Yeah, what's the vibe that you're gonna find in the house? And once we gather enough interest, let's say, you know, 40 people sign up to that waitlist, that's when then we find a house, we pre-book it, and we allow all these people that signed up to, you know, Proceed with their with their pre bookings, and that allows for us to get way cheaper prices for everyone. You know, where fees don't have to be so high. There's no risk for the host. Anyone can now become a host, open a co living space, and in their case, they get to have a free room. That's what that's one of the host benefits, and they make money. They get forty percent of the profits of each house. So this becomes a massive extra source of income for anyone that has a community. Yeah.
1: Okay. That's really interesting. So at this point, but you said that you already have a community. Do people need to be approved to join that or to be a host? Do they need to be approved to be a host? Mm -hmm. I guess there's a screening process. Yeah, there is a
0: screening process. So for, and the community is open. Anyone can join our community as long as they are inspired and comply with the Canberra spirit. We are super open in that sense. Um, Before staying in one of our houses, everyone needs to go through an application process. It's a very quick one, but we ask very specific questions that make us understand if you are in for the beautiful house and the cool swimming pool, Or if you're actually in for you know community and collaborating and what it is what is it that you're bringing to the table that for us is super important otherwise you know you we don't want anyone to take a spot from someone that would be giving a lot of value to the community and for that you have you know our colleagues airbnb just like get a beautiful apartment with them when it comes to to community yeah and on the other hand for hosts Yes, there is a, a two step verification and screening process. First, we ask hosts to um, um, apply through our website through a video, video ask interview. Uh, so there are like pre recorded steps, and you need to record yourself answering those questions. That video is actually then going to go on the platform if you get approved. And this is going to be the host's presentation card or presentation Very video. Cool for anyone to to decide whether if they want to join their house or not and after receiving that that video we also have a, a video interview with the host so yeah there's there's something amazing yeah
1: that's very cool so how many do you have a number of how many hosts you have at the moment and what can people look out for
0: yeah so we have already we have a pipeline of 40 hosts but well, I, I think i'm not sure if i've said this already but we haven't if launched,
1: you're allowed to say it yeah yet,
0: we haven't launched uh, yet the platform so if
1: these, it's recording
0: yeah these 40 people that have signed up to um to become hosts they they've come in the most organic way you know by me just talking with someone like you for example um this that has just happened. Like, hey, I, I I love this idea. I want to be a host. I want to be in Valencia next month. And I, you know, have a place that would be incredible to to host more people. And and this is just happening like that. So there is a pipeline of forty. Um, but for now we are starting only with five hosts. And the first locations that mm-hmm. they are going to be hosting are and starting in spring are Cape Town, Lake Atitlan in Guatemala, Santa Teresa in Costa Rica. Um, Madeira Um, mm, let me think what else Fuerteventura in Canary Islands, Spain then there is uh, Tallinn in Estonia and yeah I think those are the first ones that come to mind but you should all definitely go on hellocamera.com because also by the end uh, by when this podcast is released I'm sure that there will be way more locations listed on our website wow
1: wow Oh, that's exciting that you also mentioned Madeira because my girlfriend is about to go to Madeira <laughs> and if
0: Yes. Yeah, there's an, already a place there, wow. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is incredible. Well, we can talk about that afterwards. Yeah. Wow. That's super exciting. That's yeah, so many people have signed up already and the people are organically finding out about it super fast. So that's exciting.
0: Yeah, it's really, really exciting. It's also very cool that how it works is when someone becomes a host, we give them all the tools. Mm. All the marketing tools for them to promote hey guys i'm opening a house in madeira and you know, it's going to happen during this time so when we look for hosts we look for someone that has that is already building a community that has some type of influence i'm not talking about social media influencers only i mean of yeah, course, yeah. they are super welcome to join but just someone that has already been maybe traveling a little bit or has some sort of community that they can rely on in, in order to, to fill up those houses. And, and it's really inspiring to see how by giving them these tools, they are suddenly empowered to open these beautiful houses. And this is something that they are doing themselves, right? It's it's their craft.
1: Yeah. I imagine people listening to this podcast might even want to open their own house to people. So is it you're helping the hosts like do marketing? Do you ever do you bring people to those places as well? Like do you promote the everybody's place or is it up to the individual um, host to do their own promotion?
0: Yeah, so um, I'm gonna note something here. The hosts don't have to own a house, so anyone can be a host. Uh, that means. You can just propose a location, then you're going to gather interest from your community. And whenever enough people have signed up to that wait list, we will help you find a house that fits the requirements of Canberra. A house that fits the requirements of Canberra is usually a house that has more room for at least eight people, uh um, space where people can be, you know, co-working. And at the moment, we are bootstrapping these houses from available websites such as Verbo or Airbnb. So we are contacting these landlords through external platforms. Um, this is, of course, it's just the beginning of Canberra. So that's that's not the full vision. The full vision is that landlords can promote their houses with us, with our platform. But since we are not there yet, we are just yeah, finding our, these houses um, externally. So that's one of the big differences um, that we have with Airbnb. With Airbnb, you can only be a host if you own a house. Yes. Because anyone can be a host as long as you are, you know, someone that enjoys living and managing a community.
1: Amazing. That makes it even more accessible and it's more exciting. Wow. So, I'd love to hear how was your feelings of throughout the last year, actually, because you talked about, yeah, this was a big decision to make, especially since we were supposed to po- record the podcast right as you were making this decision. So, um, yeah, can you talk me through the decision? Was it difficult? How, why did you have to make this decision? And yeah. basically, what does it feel like to have to make such a change? Does it and like abandon one idea and go to the next one?
0: yeah yeah that's actually it's something really hard or at least it was really hard for me i guess that you know people are very different in that sense yeah, yeah. So maybe letting go of something uh is very easy for me it was really really difficult i do, since i opened um sunshine, embassy, so many things started to happen. I opened before pandemic, and only three months after opening, suddenly, you know, this this COVID crisis going on. So that was a little bit insane. And I never really knew throughout that process, if this was going to make sense or not, if this virus was going to turn people into zombies or something, you know, that was the beginning, we didn't know it was going to happen. So everything was like kind of in the air. And then as soon as restrictions started to lift and everything, you know, looked like it was uh, going to go back to normal. And I had signed this, you know, massive lease with the mansion in, in the Island to most people. It was, I think was one week before the opening of the house. I got the notice from my doctor that I had to get an emergency back surgery. So that was definitely not planned. Um, yeah. I, I was I was definitely overworking through, throughout the whole process I always thought of myself as a very strong independent woman and so I always you know took care of my own stuff and I was a solo founder the whole time and I was also bootstrapping because I had some savings and I, I I somehow I don't know who I wanted to prove this to I guess to myself. But yeah, I, I was struggling accepting help from others. That's so why mm. I was doing everything myself. And when I say everything, I mean everything. I was doing the grocery shopping uh, I, for, you know, grocery shopping for 40 people. Um, taking, you know, like all the drinks, all the everything you can imagine that's super heavy. I was carrying everything. I was I was cleaning myself. I was preparing the beds myself. I was building the tables of the co-working space myself. So I was doing too much, I guess. And I, I injured myself and I got a how's it called in English? Um in Spanish it's an hernia, hernia. Yeah, hernia. Hernia. So I, I got that in the back. And and that was hurting a lot. And you know I was I was managing with painkillers. But but you know, I was I was launching a space. I was you know launching a new business. I had the whole summer was sold out, so it was going to be a busy summer. And when the doctor told me that, I was like, you know, I, I can't I can't go into surgery. So I decided to at least go throughout the opening because I I was going to be um I had to take time for I think it was two weeks if I was going to go under this surgery um until I could walk again so I was like look just give me give me painkillers and then I need one more month at least until I can launch this stuff and it's kind of running already and then I will go through the surgery so that was I think it was a tough decision to make it was I'm not sure if it was a mistake or not but it was the first red flag putting Mm. the business before my health um it was I think one of the first little mistakes that I then kept making Because whenever one one month afterwards, I ended up getting the surgery, but you know my space was running, my business was running. So I woke up in the hospital, and the first thing I asked for was my laptop. And I spent one week in the hospital, but with my laptop, Um, I hadn't, you know, I I didn't spend the recovery time at home. I went directly to the co-living space Um, because I was still medicated. I I really struggled to understand what exercises I could do and what exercises I couldn't um, because I didn't feel any pain. So I didn't heal properly and that just accumulated and escalated over time. And by the end of last year, you know, the body, the body is extremely wise and smart. And if you don't listen to your body, your body will just scream louder. And, (laughs) you know, nature is more powerful than us. And, if you don't stop when your body's telling you to stop, your body will stop you. So I just, you know, I, I went into that little um, spiral of wanting to, to give more and more and more to my business, to my customers, you know, to make everyone proud, to be proud of myself. And I I completely overworked myself. And I, I especially just saw how it was going to be impossible for me to scale this business, if I was already, you know, not not healthy enough to manage the, the three buildings that I only had in Mallorca, how am I gonna ever manage a business with a, you know, hundreds of buildings if I don't take care of my health first? And so that was one of the main. It, it was probably the main reason, and both were correlated, right? It was not a business model that allowed for scalability. It was not a business model that allowed for me to say, hey, I'm going to manage this from home. The whole structure of the business was just not ready for that. And I had to be there. And that was just not not good. And in order to change it, it just needed to to break, to stop, to almost die in order to just redo it again from scratch.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people face this especially when they're building something they feel like it's their their baby they really want to take care of it and giving responsibility to other people can be one of the harder things to do it's like you're saying if it takes a toll on your health and usually you start to ignore them in the beginning but then it can get too too much so yeah. wow yeah
0: yeah in my case yeah. it was health and you know uh i was very lucky that sunshine embassy was always and also Canberra, most. camera, most of our customers, they are founders themselves.
1: Yeah. Um, so they understand.
0: They understand and and they also they are, it's really inspiring to, to live mm. with them, to, to be around them. And when at the beginning I was trying to hide all of this, right? I wasn't telling anyone that I was sick and I was just like still working overworking. And at some point, I, I started talking about it with, with some of the people in our space. And and maybe they weren't going themselves through health issues some of them were but others were going through you know painful relationships with their families because they weren't spending as much time as they wanted so i think this is you know something that a lot a lot of entrepreneurs face which is putting your business and that dream of success before anything else and I, I know for those who are in that journey right now, it does make a lot of sense in that moment. That's your head telling you, yes, no, you have to hustle. You have to suffer in order to get something good. And it's very difficult to take that off your head. But now I learned the hard way. If something's making you suffer, if something's not you know, feeling healthy, whether if it's how it's affecting your relationships with family, with friends, with your partner, with yourself, or it's affecting your health, then stop one second, take a step back. And you know it's always better to maybe go a little bit slower, but be able to make it until the end of the yeah. journey than mm. to die of, of exhaustive exhaustion. Yeah, yeah.
1: Wow. What would you tell a person if they're in that spot right now? Like if they're on, yeah, they have so many things going on and maybe they need to let one thing go in order to let the others thrive.
0: Yeah, I would say it's it's not going to get any better unless you do some changes. So there's always something else to do. Of course. You know, I, I was like, no, no, no. I, right. I, I do the launch of the house and then I will get the surgery and then the house will be running. Of course not. You know, then I got the surgery and then I couldn't rest because I know now there's two customers that are so important are coming and I need to be there. There's, there's always something happening that you can use as an Use to put before whatever else is should be first in your life so I think it's in my case I did a commitment to myself like I wrote literally a letter to myself where I promised that before starting Canberra you know I was gonna start a new business but that I was not gonna deceive my true self which is you know this person that loves her family loves spending time with herself loves doing yoga every day wants to keep herself healthy and there are all these commitments that i did to myself and there are so many days that you know I, I wake up or maybe it's i'm running late to a meeting and you know maybe i just have to cancel that meeting because i haven't done what i had committed to myself i, I haven't done my yoga practice well then i'm so sorry i can't go to the to the meeting that goes first you know and then of course i'm i'm, I'm a reliable person so i can just organize my life around that and really make sure that I'm needing space to to read, to learn about new things, to have hobbies, to see friends, to just have a separate life um, from the company and to really not fall into the trap of identifying myself with Canberra in this case, Um, because it can be, it's very easy to fall into that trap. You become your project almost. And you create this persona, this personality around that, that can feel really good because the ego loves this stuff, of course. Um, and then you're just feeding it every time there is, you know, some success there, you're just feeding this ego, this personality. Mm. What if then something happens and you lose this project? Then who are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. You're nothing. And you're, you're lost.
1: Yeah. And it's just getting fueled by the ego and your emotions, which can be super influenced both positively and negatively. And then you're just riding a roller coaster that tires you out. out.
0: Yeah. Wow. And in this case, we need to keep in mind this this also is it's external. It doesn't depend mm. many times. So what happens if suddenly the market trends change and yeah. people don't love your product anymore because something better came up? Does that mean that they don't love you? Does that mean that you are a failure, a bad person? Of course not. You know. I think that creating a good life structure that supports your every day so that you can remind yourself who you are and then wh- what your project is and keep those two things separated. It's really, really important. Not easy. I'm not saying it's easy, but, and I still, I fail, <laughs> you know, every single day I still catch myself um, doing things that I shouldn't be doing when, you know, when I'm not supposed to be working. And, and so it's, you know, it's uh you need to, to yeah. give yourself
1: time to get in there totally having that emotional self awareness is super important and just yeah understanding when that you start to get more intense and more having more work to yeah know what your values are so that you remember to do that yoga practice or meditation in the morning whatever keeps you yeah more stable i guess
0: yeah right. to not you know to not miss out on having lunch with your parents or with your partner yeah. to all these little things, uh, if you know, for th- I'm I don't have any kids, you know, so in my case, I can be more independent. But, what if you have kids, you know, how are you going to be missing those moments until the launch and then what until the funding and then what until you hire someone else? There is always something else coming. So, yeah, it's good to keep that in 100%. mind. Yeah, in my case, it was good to take six months that I had to take off uh also in my case I was I was recovering right from from an illness but it was really good to to take that time to rebuild a whole routine that would support my you know personal system and then now I incorporated Canberra on that instead of doing it on the reverse instead of incorporating my life into what whatever the company needs because the company is a monster the company always needs something it's always
1: (laughs) (laughs) great way to put it yeah I I love the the saying that you should always you should strive to be the the owner of your business not the operator because then you become the bottleneck that needs to be in it but if you're the owner you can yeah have an yeah. overview and put the pieces together
0: yeah and if i had this conversation before i burned out so many times with more experienced entrepreneurs that they, they would see me and they would be paula maybe you should chill a little bit because I see you're doing everything and maybe you're overworking a little bit. And I was like, no, this is not true. I can do it. I love what I, I'm doing. I don't get tired. I'm a machine, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Just, and it, I, I truly felt like that. Like every day I would just wake up before my alarm would ring and like just jump out of bed. And I had so much energy and I had like this, you know, just wow, rush of energy to do everything. And I truly just... I couldn't stop thinking about my business. I was so obsessed with it and I was truly enjoying it. So Mm. then I was saying, hey, this is not going to happen to me. I can't burn out of my business because I love it. And since I love it, I will never get get tired of it. And uh, it's such a pity to then burn out from something that you love so much because it's very difficult to love it again because it becomes scary to, to fall into the same kind of trap. And that's why I changed the name, actually. That's why it's not only changing the name. I decided to make create a whole new company so that for me, it's not, yeah, not painful anymore. And it just feels like something new.
1: Totally. Wow. I wonder how, last question, then we need to start wrapping up. I'm just wondering, how can you identify if you're going too intensely? Because like you're saying, if you're in that momentum, you're feeling like it's going great and you're unstoppable. And then were there any signs that you were too stressed or was it you were just feeling great, would you say?
0: Well, in my case, there were clear signs. I was just completely ignoring them. So in my case, there were very clear signs with my health. Mm. You know, like this back thing started. I am also, I have arthritis, which is a chronic condition. And this, this condition will manifest itself through peaks, and those peaks usually come with stress. And so <laughs> I had a lot of those, but you know, I was just so in love and committed to what I was doing that I would just take painkiller and you know, or I would take an anti-inflammatory, an ibuprofen or something, and I would just keep going because in my head, how 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 am I gonna say you know to these people no? How am I gonna cancel a meeting? Like that that wasn't a possibility you know and it was yeah it was it was just, it, it wasn't a possibility in my head to cancel a meeting because I'm feeling sick no of course not but I'm just going to take some medicine so all of that I guess started to to accumulate over time mm-hmm. and how to keep track of that now have you ever um for those maybe that are into investment you know how In order to to invest in crypto or in stocks you usually have to set up rules for yourself because when you are having a good time you will think oh you know i'm a machine i know exactly what i'm doing i'm just gonna you know like invest all of my money here and there and no 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 that's why before you start investing you always set up rules for yourself where you limit how much you will invest in one day, for example, or how many times you will invest in the same company. All these little kind of key rules, yeah. you you actually write them down. That's one of the first things that I learned before I started investing myself. And I wrote down my, my rules. And so for now, for doing business, it's exactly the same thing. So I won't work past 8 p.m., you know, more than once per week. Or I will, you know, like, of course, there can always be exceptions, but let's make sure those are exceptions and not an excuse that, I know today is an exception, you know? Yeah, I won't work on the weekends. Yes, sometimes, of course, I work on the weekends, but I try to organize other things in my weekend. And then if I find some free spots, then that's when I work and not on the reverse where I plan my whole weekend to be working. And then maybe I have some time in the evening for... Taking a nap, but nothing else. Yeah. So just maybe set set up rules for yourself. I think that that could be a yeah that works for me. Wow,
1: definitely. And I love the investments metaphor. Um, yeah, I have to do that myself as well. Wow, thank you so much for sharing all that, Paul. It was very, as a roller coaster in itself, and super insightful. I think because it shows people that it's not always sunshine, but it's also Yeah, ups and downs. Yeah. But I'm so excited for for your new company that's going to be launching super soon. Well, by the time this is out, it'll be live.
0: It'll be out already. I'm so excited. I can't wait.
1: Yeah. It's like we're talking about in the future. (laughs) <laughs> so is there anything is there anything that hasn't been mentioned that you would like to mention or where can people find out more otherwise
0: yeah i mean i'm super grateful that you invited me to to do this interview the timing is perfect and so of course i encourage everyone to please go on our website hellocambra.com, and check out our current locations you know sign up to the wait list of those locations that maybe you want to join join the online community you're going to be able to also you know find a a link there to join our uh, slack community get to know each other get to know everyone there maybe exchange services with one another we are all always striving to, to help out each other and in, in this canberra community so that's going to be very positive to experience and for those that feel like they could be building community that they see themselves managing a house that they see themselves having some extra income and traveling at the same time and experiencing very cool spaces then apply to become a host because we are definitely looking for for more hosts the more hosts we have the more houses we have and therefore it's better for everyone
1: super cool yeah I still have questions that I would love to ask but unfortunately we're almost out of time so yeah all the links will be in the description people please go check it out Um, I'll definitely be Attending some of the, the houses or yeah traveling around I really <laughs> because I, I love it so much yeah yeah for sure well thank you so much Paola all right thank you so pleasure.
0: much Oscar and everyone I'm hoping to meet you maybe hopefully in one of the camera houses too yeah all I'd right un besito
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Authentic Entrepreneur, hosted by myself, Oscar War. Before you leave, please go make sure to follow us on Instagram. And again, thank you so much to the amazing guest this episode.